And, and that's what it's about the welcome the team of the Big Apple, the New York Jets, to who episode 85 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Against My the name Buffalo is Doug Bill McKay. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. Head coach Black Adam Monday, the NFL. We're going to dive into all the latest NFL the coaching Jets. rumors. Sam Donald rumors. Mono Lots early of stuff on the to get into. He was seen going against the New England Patriots. Well, to finish don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Everything that's happened podcast these days. And if you don't make the playoffs, all your takes Sam Donald right when he's down been below in there. He's had some good section. games. And he's had some like games where he struggled. YouTube, I still like about the direction Sean Lynch, of Sam Donald at this point. But it was a very bizarre moment after the game yesterday when Adam Cage went asked about Le'Veon Bell. My left hand be jealous. Listen to what he had to say. Real Gamer said 1,000% agreed. And thanks for the quality content. Well, thanks, Real Gamer, for rocking with yeah, us here on the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget yeah, to head over tomorrow. there. Give me I'm all your takes right down below in the comments well, section so I can read them off on the show. And of course, Impact Show, he's talking about to get into. Douglas, so the let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready? What it do, baby? Let's get it on. And a little breaking news here on the Get More Sports Podcast. The New York Giants have just fired head coach Pat Shermer after two seasons after compiling a 9-23 record. That includes a nine-game losing streak. He is part of the problem. Adam Gase should not be the head coach of the New York Jets. They fired Todd Bowles after one year. They should fire Adam Gase after one year. Adam Gase does not know how to deal with the media. But first, let's hear from owner John Merrill about the Firing. And he does not oh, know how to Pat control Shermer. his star player. Look at Adam Gates. He has a career record uh, of 29-34. You know, these decisions are never easy, particularly when you titles, have someone like playoffs. Pat with his character, his integrity, his work ethic. But at the end of the day, we just didn't win the NFL. And we believe that we have to Now, if I was in that media room, I'd be saying, hey, Adam Gates, should the New York Jets be bringing you back next year? Particularly his role in selecting an instrumentor. Uh, training Dan Jones. Uh, now, it's a difficult day when you have to do something like this. The first thing that I always think of is the effect that it has on so many good people and their families. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was a decision you just felt like we had to make. The Jets are last and in the NFL yes, in total yards, and, and, and that's only happened here, twice in the last 48 and years. So Jones that's not something that just happens every year for the New York Jets. For the New York Giants, but Pat Shimmer really didn't have the chance to retain his job. Here's him after yesterday's game. You just hear it, man. This guy knew he was gone. You don't do the thing you're supposed to be good at. Well, uh, why should we again, keep you as the head coach? To me, it's a no-brainer for this New York Jets team right? to part ways uh, with Adam Gase. I don't see any games, future right? with I, him I, and I, Sam I, Darnold. I, that, I think the right? time is now to move on from Adam Gase. Now, but if you want to give him credit for anything, you can say, hey, he's developed a relationship with Sam Darnold. So, look, when it came to Pat Shermer hiring, that hiring had so much blue and I just love playing for Adam. I just know that he's going to put us for the New really York Giants. Situation. Look at well, win percentage. I'm sorry, Sam Donald. I don't know if you're seeing ghost again, but you're not seeing the, the right per game, numbers when it comes to evaluating Adam Gates. In the NFL. If you look at Opponents it, they average game, 27 points a that's game. That's good in the for 31st in the NFL. And turnover margin, that's minus second to last. 15, and they were 32nd in the NFL at 14.5 points per game. For Look, the New you York Giants, cool and you almost feel like my girlfriend's parents always tell her, you can do better. You can do 
Giants, guy, but the they more can take you to the next level and get this in the offense first place. Again, yes, he was a great coordinator in Minnesota, and I think but hey, really you got to move on from adding Gaze. And how about Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell, you know this guy, his social media game is on point. Here's Le'Veon Bell's clapback. He does a little a little Michael Scott from the office. light up the fan base and galvanize the fan base and excite the fan base. Because what and Michael Scott says right there, the stress of the modern office has him stressed. Yes, well, the stress Jones of the modern offense extent, has Adam Gase and Jets fans stressed. Because, with. hey, so he's not getting it done. They should move on. And you got to love Le'Veon Bell. Hitting him with that Michael Scott give. Like, hey, what? Excuse me? I'm Le'Veon Bell. I'm the star. Of course I'm going to be here. I've got a contract. Where would I go? Adam Gase needs to go. Look, Le'Veon Bell is probably going to be on the Jets longer than Adam now, look, we're talking about the coach in the NFL. We're talking about Big Blue. This is a right revered now. franchise, a flagship franchise that should be contending for Super Bowls every single year. Look, the largest media market in the NFL. Now, why aren't the Giants able to hire the right guy? And my concern is their commitment to GM Dave Gettleman. Yes, Dave Gettleman, he drafted Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes looks like he could be a potential franchise quarterback. Saquon Barkley, who didn't think he was going to be great, right? But he's the same guy who hired Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer had never won more than five games as a head coach. His career record as a head coach was 19-46, and 46, okay? That's the guy you brought in. That's the guy you thought was going to be a good idea to lead this franchise, and he did not cultivate a relationship with Odell Beckham Jr. I think the next head coach is going to have pause when it comes to joining a franchise that's led by Dave Gettleman because, look, he's one of the most analytics-averse GMs in the NFL, and I really think they need to modernize that front offense in New York. But Giants fans, I've got the coaching candidates for you, and before I get into it, I just want to say Jason Garrett is not a candidate for the job if I'm the New York Giants. Look, Garrett, 85-67 and 67 in nine seasons, but two and three in the playoffs, four eight and eight seasons. He's underachieved with all that talent, and I want an offensive guy to pair with Daniel Jones and help him grow. So I'm not talking about Jason Garrett. I'm starting with Jim Schwartz. So Jim Schwartz, the coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's got head coaching experience as a 29-51 and 51 record as a head coach. They know what he can do. They see what he's capable of. I think he's a guy they can come in there and do the job. Number four, I've got Kevin Stefanski. I'm very high on the Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator. He's got their rushing attack top 10. He's got Kirk Cousins throwing for a career-high 107.4 passer rating. So Kevin Stefanski, look, the Giants, they wanted to bring him on last year, but the Vikings denied their request to interview him. So clearly, the Giants are interested in Kevin Stefanski. Number three, I've got Josh McDaniels. I know a lot of people have Josh McDaniels at one or two, and the Giants interviewed McDaniels before they hired Shermer. But look, Josh McDaniels, there's just something about this guy. Look, he didn't do well in Denver, ran back to the Patriots. But look, he's had a top 10 offense in six of the past eight seasons, and he's won three Super Bowls as an offensive coordinator. So look, I think Josh McDaniels, when he ever wants to take that job, look, he's got to take that job. 
if the Giants offer him the job and he doesn't accept it, I'm going to have serious questions about Josh McDaniels. Look, he went 11-17 in two seasons in Denver, and I think, I don't know, maybe he's waiting to be the next coach of the Patriots, but you don't get a bigger job than the Giants. So that's my concern with Josh McDaniels. And coming in at number two, I got John DeFilippo, the offensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, if you want to bring in an offensive-minded coach that could be the next superstar head coach in this league, John DeFilippo could be that guy. He's been angling towards becoming a head coach. Look what he did with Carson Wentz. Look what he's doing with Gardner Minshew. You pair him with Daniel Jones, and you take this offense to the next level. And at number one, I'm going with Matt Rule, the Baylor Bears head coach. All this guy does is turn programs around. Look what he did at Temple. Look what he's doing for the Baylor Bears. Look, his Baylor career started 1-11, and now they're in the Sugar Bowl. They were in contention for the college football playoff this year, and most importantly, he understands the Giants' way. He was the offensive line coach for the Giants back in 2012. He's worked with Dave Gettleman, and the Giants are keeping Gettleman, and I think he's got that personality. He's got that charisma. He's got the offense to pair with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, and let's not forget, last year, he was a finalist for the Jets' job, so he wants to coach in New York, and I think Matt would rule in the Big Apple. I think he's the guy for the G-Men. And next, we're going to talk about the other football team in the Big Apple, the New York Jets, who finished off their season yesterday with a 13-6 win against the Buffalo Bills. They finished the year going 7-9 under first-year head coach Adam Gase, and it's been a very tumultuous season for the Jets. Remember, Sam Darnold, he had mono early on in the year. He was seeing ghosts against the New England Patriots. Well, to finish off the year, they've had some pretty solid wins. Seven and nine, considering everything that's happened. Yes, it's a disappointment anytime you don't make the playoffs, but Sam Darnold, when he's been in there, he's had some good games, and he's had some games where he struggled, but I still like the direction of Sam Darnold at this point. But it was a very bizarre moment after the game yesterday when Adam Case, when asked about Le'Veon Bell returning to the New York Jets, listen to what he had to say. You want him back and you're starting right back in 2020? He's under contract for three more years. You can ask Joe tomorrow. Do you want him back? You can ask Joe tomorrow. I'm not the personnel. I'm not in charge personnel. Well, that'll be a great question for Joe tomorrow. And, of course, in that clip, he's talking about Joe Douglas, the general manager for the New York Jets. And, yes, Le'Veon Bell did have a down year. This was not the year that the Jets and Le'Veon Bell had hope for when they made that big free agency splash by signing him. And look, 789 rushing yards, that's 23rd in the NFL. A 3.2 average, only three touchdowns on the ground. But look, Adam Gase, he's part of the problem. Adam Gase should not be the head coach of the New York Jets. They fired Todd Bowles after one year. They should fire Adam Gase after one year. Adam Gase does not know how to deal with the media, does not know how to rally the fan base, and he does not know how to control his star players. If you look at Adam Gase, he has a career record of 29 and 34, a 460 winning percentage, zero division titles, 0 and 1 in the playoffs. He's known for his offense, right? He's an offensive guru, right? They are 32nd in the NFL. That is dead last. Now, if I was in that media room, I'd be saying, "Hey, Adam Gase, should the New York Jets be bringing you back next year?" You can ask Joe tomorrow. 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 
Now, while Adam Gaze did a commendable job in getting this Jets team to a 7-9 record after starting 1-7, you brought him in to score points, and he's finished dead last. The Jets are last in the NFL in total yards, and that's only happened twice in the last 48 years. So that's not something that just happens every year for the New York Jets. He did not get this team where they needed to go on the offensive side of the football, and if he doesn't do it, what value does he provide? If you don't do the thing you're supposed to be good at, why should we keep you as the head coach? To me, it's a no-brainer for this New York Jets team to part ways with Adam Gase. I don't see any future with him and Sam Darnold. I think the time is now to move on from Adam Gase. Now, if you want to give him credit for anything, you can say, hey, he's developed a relationship with Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold said, hey, he's a great dude. We've grown so much, and I just love playing for Adam. I just know that he's going to put us in a really good situation. Well, I'm sorry, Sam Darnold. I don't know if you're seeing ghosts again, but you're not seeing the right numbers when it comes to evaluating Adam Gates. Because if you look at it, they average 17 points a game. That's good for 31st in the NFL. That's second to last. And they were 32nd in offensive scoring at 14.5 points per game. So, look, you may be cool with the guy, but like my girlfriend's parents always tell her, you could do better. You could bring in a guy that can take you to the next level and you can get this offense humming again because you got some weapons out there. And I think, hey, you got to move on from adding gays. And how about Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell, you know this guy. His social media game is on point. Here's Le'Veon Bell's clapback. He does a little, a little Michael Scott from The Office. Everything is wrong, Dwight. The stress of my modern office has made me depressed. And Michael Scott says right there, the stress of the modern office has him stressed. Well, the stress of the modern offense has Adam Gase and Jets fans stressed because, hey, he's not getting it done. They should move on, and you got to love Le'Veon Bell hitting him with that Michael Scott gif like, hey, what? Excuse me? I'm Le'Veon Bell. I'm the star. Of course I'm going to be here. I've got a contract. Where would I go? Adam Gase needs to go. Look, Le'Veon Bell is probably going to be on the Jets longer than Adam Gase is going to be a head coach in the NFL, and I think they got to move on right now. And next, we're going to talk about the Clemson-Ohio State Instant Classic from this weekend. Both teams come into that game. Ohio State riding a 19-game winning streak. Clemson defending national champions, riding a 28-game winning streak. Ohio State having just beat three consecutive top 15 teams, and the game lived up to the hype. First, Ohio State comes out, goes up 16, a chance to go up 23-0, and then J.K. Dobbins, it was ruled incomplete, they reviewed it, and then all of a sudden, the game really came down to three plays, in my opinion. One, it was the targeting call. Ohio State up 16, smelling blood, and they call it targeting on Wade, and he's done for the game. Ohio State showing some pressure, now they bail. Lawrence, hit it! Sean Wade off the corner, and Lawrence is still down. Took a hard hit. Sean Wade came from his star position over the slot on the left-hand side. Nobody picks him up. Chris, that's what you said. On that fake count, Wade showed blitz, but they did not. They still didn't pick him up. 
And Lawrence, I mean, Wade's going full speed into Trevor Lawrence there on that sack. And then Chase. Now, look, if you're Ohio State, you have the ball inside Clemson's red zone on three different occasions, and you kick field goals each time. If any of those become touchdowns, we're not having this conversation most likely. But if you look at this play, Sean Wade clearly comes in, and Trevor Lawrence, if we had to hear how many times Chris Fowler was going to mention that he was 6'6", 220, it was pretty much a drinking game at that point. Anytime he mentions he's 6'6", 220, you take a shot, and he took a shot from Sean Wade, and look, what is he supposed to do? My question is, what is Sean Wade supposed to do? Is he supposed to say, oh, he's just going to not lower his head into me? Because that was the case right there. And look, I understand the crown of the helmet hit the crown of Trevor Lawrence's helmet. But to me, there's no question this rule needs to be changed. This rule is too cut and dry. Football is too nuanced and complicated to say, hey, anytime the crown hits the crown, automatic, you're missing a half of football. It makes absolutely no sense, and it was ridiculous in that game. And Trevor Lawrence says that was the difference in the game. He says they think they had all the momentum. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to pop up. I'm going to run it off. And I was pissed too because I thought we were punting. And then it turns out they called targeting. And we got a chance to go back out there. And we finished and scored on that drive. But I was like, man, from then on, they thought they had knocked me out. I had a different kind of edge when I got up. So he's saying, hey, that was the play, the defining moment that sparked Clemson's comeback. Now, there's no question to me that the reason why Clemson wins this game is because, look, Ohio State, they clearly were the better team. Ohio State, from top to bottom, they have more talent. There's no debating that. But Trevor Lawrence, he was the best player on the field for both teams. He's the reason why they advance, and it's the reason why they're, I think, going to beat LSU in the national championship game. But that does not change the fact that Ohio State was screwed in this game. Ohio State was absolutely robbed, not once, not twice, but the third time just takes the cake. You tell me how the hell they decide to overturn this touchdown for the Buckeyes. Young was getting close in the pass is complete and fumble. And the Buckeyes pick it up and barely get to the end zone. There's Jordan Fuller. They call it a catch and a fumble and a scoop and score. After further review, the pass is ruled as incomplete. Now, just look at that play. Justin Ross catches the football, and he takes not one, not two, not three, four steps with the football while he's got it in the death grip. The ball comes out, and then Jordan Fuller, he takes it back. That's a touchdown for Ohio State. There is no world where that is not a touchdown, and then you add to the fact that it was ruled a touchdown. Let's say they ruled it incomplete on the field. I could see why they would overturn that, but they ruled it a touchdown. You mean to tell me that there's conclusive evidence that that was an incomplete pass? No, because it was a catch. That was a touchdown for the Buckeyes, and the Buckeyes got screwed. Ohio State had just experienced one of the worst calls in the history of college football, but don't listen to me. Why don't we bring in Dean Blandino? Here's his take on the worst call in college football this year. 
You watch the replays. He gets control. He takes four steps, starts to bring it into his body. There's just not enough to change it from catch, fumble to incomplete. I thought it was a catch and a fumble, and it should have stood. So if you're Ohio State, this hurts. This is a once-in-a-generation type Ohio State team. They have an elite defense. Guys like Chase Young and Okuda are going to be top five picks. But one thing's clear. Look, Justin Fields, he's never seen a Brent Venables defense, a defense that sophisticated. All the disguises, all the stunts that he brings at you. And also, he's clearly not the same quarterback after that injury to Penn State. When he got injured against Penn State, I'm pretty sure he's about 80% because he's not stepping into those throws. He's just not as mobile as he was. But Ohio State, they still should have won that game. They were rolling. And one thing's for sure. Yes, sometimes it's better to have the best player than it is to have the best team. But to me, Ohio State, they're the better team than Clemson. There's no question about it in my eyes. I think if they played 10 times, Ohio State would probably win eight times. Look, they got after Trevor Lawrence. They were doing nothing in the first half. Those calls really cost him. Sean Wade getting thrown out the way he did. I think that was just a ridiculous call in that situation. And if you're Ohio State, if you're college football fans, you're really being deprived of the matchup you should be seeing. It should be LSU versus Ohio State. And I can say with complete confidence that the two best teams are not playing in the national championship game. And if you just look at it, seven of the last nine national championship games will now be decided from two teams from the Southeast. That's bad for a sport that's really becoming increasingly irrelevant nationally. It really hurts the sport in my eyes. And if you look at it, no one moves the needle like the Ohio State Buckeyes. That game up 13%, almost 22 million people watch that football game. And you're going to have a drop off in the national championship game. No one wants to see Clemson anymore. And that's not even an opinion. That's just a fact. Last year, Alabama versus Clemson, those were historically low ratings for a national championship game down 13%. People don't want to watch Clemson anymore. Just accept it, okay? That's just the reality. And now you're going to get more of the same SEC versus Clemson. That's the era we're in. And hey, you look, it should have been Ohio State. Ohio State should be in this football game. But hey, the Buckeyes, a tough loss. That's going to sting for years to come. Ryan Day, they already have the number one recruiting class for the 2021 season. They're going to be fine. They're going to be back in the same situation before you know it. But this team was primed to win a national championship and to me they're going to go down as one of the greatest teams that never was but that is going to do it for episode 85 of the get more sports podcast don't forget to subscribe rate and review and then head over to youtube and give me all your takes right down below in the comment section see you guys wednesday have a great rest of your day and i'm out